episode 013 of the Energy Edge podcast. This is Alan Meisner, the host of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast. If you're serious about getting the most out of your energy, then you need to subscribe to the Energy Edge podcast with Brian Paul Buckley. Have a happy and healthy day. Welcome to the Energy Edge podcast, where we believe if you desire to get the absolute most out of your work and life, then finding your energy edge is a must. The Energy Edge podcast will help you learn to leverage your everyday major activities into an energy advantage so you can work and live at an optimal level. So let's begin. Welcome to the Energy Edge podcast. We're thrilled you came back. And if you're a first-time listener, well, we hope you come back as well. So I'm Brian Paul Buckley. I'm the host, and I'm with my co-host, Treva. How are you, Treva? I'm doing great today. How are you? I'm doing well. So I have this really odd question for you. I'm curious, on a scale of 1 to 10, what is your change tolerance? Hmm. Well, interestingly, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd probably say I am a 10. But uh, growing up, I would say I was 10 because I went to 10 different schools growing up, you know, constantly changing. But I don't think that was always so healthy. And I think as I've gotten older, uh, I would back it down maybe to a 9 or an 8, because, you know, tens, when they want to be changing constantly, are probably running from something. So, um, but I do love change. I, I love new things and new adventures and all that. But I think I've gotten a little more balanced. How about you? Now that you, you know, asked me that question, you get to answer yours too. Well, I'm literally the exact opposite, at least growing up. I grew up in the same house my first, teen, first 18 years of my life. Then went to college, and my parents had lived in that house for over 40 years. So I had that, and then yet... From that point of graduating from college, I have, I've just had a lot of change. Some of it's forced change that uh, wasn't that good. Some of it was self-imposed <laughs> by, by my choices. Uh, but nonetheless, I would probably say more around a six or seven. I like variety. So I'm a high variety person. Um, I struggle when change or just changing for change's sake. And uh, it doesn't necessarily improve things. So, But I, I just think this is an important question because today's episode is about this very topic of change. And ironically, we were going to do this episode sooner, but we kept changing our minds. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh -huh. But seriously, this episode is entitled Creating an Aha Moment, Three Key Stages for Effective Change. Yeah. And, you know, change really is hard for most people. Um, I think we like the idea of change, but it's hard. Yeah, and ironically, I used my wife as an example, and I cleared this with her, so please no emails. Um, but it's funny because she says all the time that I don't mind change at all. With one caveat, it's on my terms <laughs> and when I want it and the way that I want it. <laughs> and I'm sure many of us uh, feel the same way about change, that we like the end result of changing and the best, best case outcome. But uh, making that change and the actual process of change sometimes can be pretty, pretty difficult and hard. And I think, Trevor, you know, we glorify that end result and not always understand the process that it's going to take to get there. Yeah, and I think kind of as a result, we end up short-circuiting all the good along the way in the process, right? Exactly. And this is what this episode is all about, that process or as we're going to call it, stages. And ironically, the aha moment, this concept, to be honest, it, it came out of a counseling session during a very, very difficult stretch of the season of my life. And it's also based on a book entitled Aha by an author named Kyle Eidelman. And uh, I just, and just, it's a very personal topic here today. And hopefully we can gain some insight from uh, my extended period of time through the season. 
Right. You mentioned this in your interview uh, about your story, and it was in episode 002. But why don't you give us a quick reminder of what that is? What did it look like for you? Well, the highlights, and there were lowlights as well. <laughs> but uh, just growing up in a performance-driven background of having a pace that was always going 100 miles an hour, um, having an attitude of defensiveness because there was a little bit of insecurity in my life, um, going through a, a, a very, very difficult divorce, going through health crashes that uh, was specifically with this adrenal fatigue syndrome. And kind of the sum of that, Treva, was going and seeing a counselor and working through all of this baggage, which really felt more like O'Hare Airport baggage claim than uh, maybe just a kind of a simple carry-on walking onto a plane. But uh, so much good came out of working through these stages for me and something we really felt as we're talking through change and especially changes in our energy, changes in our life, that this may be a, a good topic to kind of work through. Yeah. And you're so good at giving us these kind of things. I love this. So tell us this. We're talking about AHA, right? So AHA must stand for something. So if you can take us through what AHA means, the A, the H, and the A. So what's the A of AHA? Well, it's an acronym, as you can tell on that, an AHA moment. E. And the A is awareness. And what is awareness? Well, it's kind of this knowledge or perception of a, of a situation or a fact or something that we're trying to figure out. Awareness asks this specific question. What's the problem? Yeah, I, a lot of people I think are simply just unaware. And I think even more so with self-awareness, it's, it's definitely easy to notice issues in other people, right? And in fact, I think some are incredibly gifted in this area. They notice everything someone else is doing, but not so much in themselves. Yeah, Yet I, ironically, they never see it in themselves at all. No, you're exactly right. And it never comes on to their radar that it's, you know, it's something that they need to work on themselves. And, you know, some things are very obvious that need to change, Treva. I mean, you know, looking at somebody, if they're struggling with their health, you know, they're overweight and they're out of shape. Uh, maybe somebody that's just, just always exhausted. You could just tell they're always exhausted. Or maybe they're just, they have a lot of anger issues. Or maybe it's some bad habits that you can tell, you know, that are obvious, more like smoking or drinking too much. Yeah. And, and some of the self-awareness, I think, struggle comes when things are not so obvious to you, but others can see it like, you know, defensiveness or our overworking, maybe our attitude and even how we treat, uh, how we treat people. So a lot of good comes from being aware. And the first step, it's the first step for a good reason, right? Yeah. And, you know, when we talk about awareness here, we're not just talking about general things. Oh, I noticed that there are clouds in the sky or that somebody's wearing blue. Yeah, I think we're talking a little bit more specific, you know, something here of awareness that there's a problem and this problem needs to change or at least it needs attention. And, you know, I grew up going to, uh, you know, growing up spiritual and growing up in a small Baptist church. And there's one story that I really, really liked, and it was called The Prodigal Son. I'm not sure if people have heard of it or The Lost Son. But I think it's a great example, Treva, whether somebody's spiritual or not, there's some definite lessons to learn from this, from this story. And uh, just kind of give a, a quick um, summary of it and kind of make it modern day. Here's a, here's a son who had another brother and he went to his father and he asked for his inheritance, which obviously is a slap in the face because an inheritance is after the father has died. But he asked for it and for whatever reason, his father decided to give him this inheritance. He goes off and, and decides to spend this money. We'll, we'll call it kind of modern day Vegas, if you will. And, you know, he partied like the money would never run out and just, you know, had all the friends and everybody was there. But eventually the money did run out and it went to the fact that he had to start working and working, doing something he never thought he would do, and that's working for a pig farmer and uh, feeding pigs. And, you know, interesting enough, 
there were probably many different chances of awareness that kind of came to him that he missed it. And he just didn't pick up on the awareness, self-awareness. And I love one of the lines that said there is that he came to his senses. Like all of a sudden, Triva, he got it. Where all of a sudden, boom, it clicked and he was fully aware or even awake. An alarm went off that woke him up that he finally heard for the first time. So Triva, how does somebody become aware? I think that there's a, a, a bunch of different steps, but we want to give you three. I think listening, you know, to others, you know, actually listening to what other people have to say and, and, and also listening to your heart. Some of the things that are, you know, internally speaking to you I, again, asking, you know, listening to others, you're asking questions of others and you're actually asking so that you want an answer, not just, uh, yeah, I don't want to hear that. And asking hard questions of yourself. I also think observing is another way to become aware. So you're observing possible future consequences where this could lead you. So those three things I think are really a start in understanding how to be aware. And those are good and they're difficult, you know, especially listening to others, listening to your heart, being willing to be still enough, right? Being being humble enough and non-defensive to, you know, to ask questions of others. But I think the example here, this prodigal son, you know, is that looking at the future consequences, okay, this money's going to run out. What's going to happen? You know, well, these, obviously these new friends are just going to disappear. And what am I going to do? You know, I got to find a job. Where is this going to lead? And awareness or an awakening from that alarm clock going off. I mean, it could come in a number of different ways. And three specifically, Treva, one could be just a desperate moment. You know, things cannot continue the way they are. And then all of a sudden you finally get it where, and this is, this is bad. You know, it's a difficult conversation where somebody comes up to you and they start talking to you. Maybe it's a boss or a friend or a, a spouse. And all of a sudden they get your attention from this difficult conversation, you know, or sometimes lastly, it's a deserved consequence. You know, you get caught, uh, you're reprimanded, you know, your hand is slapped and all of a sudden, boom, for the first time, that consequence is that alarm. It's that allowing you to come to your senses. Yeah. And nobody really wants to end up where the deserved consequences come in. So that's why we're trying to understand what awareness is by asking ourselves and asking the questions ahead of time, right? We don't want those. So let, let me just remind everybody that uh, awareness asks the question, what's the problem? Because sometimes awareness comes in a quiet moment when you just get it or like you come to your senses like the prodigal son, you've had enough. And it's interesting, um, those that make it to stage one have a tendency to stop here. It's because it's kind of difficult sometimes. But remember that awareness hasn't cost you anything or, or at least very little yet. So really with awareness, you must go to stage two after awareness. And obviously Brian, we have an A, and what's our H? Yeah, so after awareness, there's a lot of people stop there, but we wanted to move into that second, or that H, the second letter, which is honesty. And what is honesty? I mean, it's a refusal to lie, to steal, or deceive in any other way, but there's this is word called truth, being truthful. And honesty is the reality of the situation. Yeah, so if awareness asks the question, what's the problem? Brian, what does honesty ask? Honesty asks the question, how bad is it really? And that's a tough one. It's accepting things as they really are and not how we want them to be, hope them to be, or even project them to be. And sometimes I think we have a hard time being honest because things aren't as bad as they really seem. So they're not always as bad as they look. Yeah. And if we're honest and really honest, we... We live in a great state, what's called denial. And um, I think you probably thought I was going to say the great state of Illinois, didn't you, Treva? 
Oh, yeah, really? Illinois is the greatest, of course. Well, it's just, uh, you can go down the political side there, and it may be denial yeah. because of all, <laughs> yeah. all the political issues in there, but uh, I digress. But, you know, denial is easy, you know, and anyone can do it, and it's very easy, especially when somebody brings something to you. But honesty takes effort, and it takes courage. And denial is self-deception, and it blinds us from being really, truly honest with ourselves. And denial almost always leads to defend. We feel like we got to defend ourselves and our behavior, which are usually with excuses, aren't they, Treva? Of course. I think you hear, we've all said these, and you hear people who are defensive, they say things like, it's not that big a deal, so they have a tendency to minimize, or it's not that bad, and I can stop anytime I want to. I'm stressed, and it helps me feel better, or I'm not as bad as dot, 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 like such and such or so and so. Yeah. And, you know, go back to the prodigal son example here of, of him being honest. So he came to his senses and realizing, you know, he's feeding pigs, never thought it would come to that. And I think the honesty part of for him just um, projecting is that things were way better with his father, you know, and his family. And, you know, thinking, man, I, I never even knew it would come to this, you know, feeding the pigs. And now I'm, I'm, I'm in the slop having to feed them and smell like them. And then also, you know, the honesty of going, man, I could go back as one of my father's servants and it'd be way better than feeding pigs and smelling like them. And honesty is looking at the problem objectively and not subjectively. You know, it's, it's taking, it's not taking things personally. And I remember Treva, when I went through that in my first few sessions, you know, I was almost like, well, you know, you're now you're getting personal. And I felt like I had to defend going back to these, these certain things or minimizing it when really the counselor is there to help me. You know, I'm aware that there's a problem. And I'm there to answer the question, well, how bad is it really? And really starting to unpack that and being willing to be truly honest objectively so that I could solve the problem and I could truly change. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I was there with you during that period of time. And it's very humbling, I think, to be honest with yourself. And I think honesty can come from anyone or all the following, just like it was with awareness. I think if you're asking others, you know, like, how do we be, how are we honest asking others, others, you know, just telling us, right. And then us seeking it out, like Brian, what you were experiencing with a counselor or a trusted friend. So others may tell you <laughs> and not even mean to give you this gift of awareness and honesty. And of course our spouses or significant others or our best friend is a great example of that. Um, we give it some, like really who gives it sometimes is irrelevant, but it is actually the gift of honesty and truth that they're giving us. And it does make us better, but the deal is we have to accept it. You know, and, and my dad taught me one of this. He, one of his phrases was sifted out. And what it meant was, you know, somebody may give you a whole bunch of you know what, but if you can just sift it out, there may be, and chances are there's some really good truth in there if you're willing to work through that. Sounds and, like you actually listened to him a little bit. Yeah, unfortunately, he probably didn't realize that I did as much as I did. <laughs> But uh, most of mine came from consequences. So, but you know, it's a good point, Treva. And you know, you may get this truth unfiltered, which is exactly what we need, you know, with the honesty. And it's, you know, honesty is asking hard questions to yourself. And, you know, some, what are some questions that you've asked yourself, Treva, as far as in any times of self-reflection? I love this because you and I are so different. And even, you know, talking about some of these things today, you and I are different. And so me asking myself questions is different than you asking yourself. So for me, I would ask myself, why am I still in this place? Why am I not moving forward? I have a tendency sometimes to spin my wheels. So being honest with myself, why am I stuck? 
Uh, one of the other questions I ask myself a lot is why am I so hard on myself? Because I have a tendency to beat myself mm, up. That's good. And then the other one is why am I so sensitive? Cause I act like such a tough girl and I'm, you know, an entrepreneur and I'm high energy. And so I have to be honest with myself and say, why do things bother me? Why am I so sensitive? So I know you have some, so share with us your difference, you know, between the two of us. Yeah, and you've helped me not to tell you to suck it up, Buttercup, <clears throat> when you're being sensitive. So I've even I've, though you do, <laughs> I know. Hopefully, I've grown. I've grown in that area. Uh, but seriously, Treva, those are some man. Those are some revealing questions, and they're honest questions, and one that really helps us to grow because it is asking how bad is it really. Mm-hmm. You know, mine word, Treva. It was a counselor, and and even a, a close friend of mine was really the first person that asked this to, to me. That says, Brian, why are you so driven? <laughs> why do you feel like you've got to go a hundred miles all the time? You know, why are you being so defensive? Why do you feel like you have to be defensive? And then this one was a really difficult for me too, is why don't I stop and rest? And wow, I mean, those were, you know, they're easy to give flippant quick answers, but if I were to really unpack those and be honest with myself, those were some deep, deep issues and some deep questions. And the reality is honesty costs you something. Truth can be painful and it's hard to face, especially when you're looking at it straight in the mirror. But truth can also be what? Treva, it can also be very healing. Very healing, yeah, healing for sure. And then, you know, this is the power of this stage, you know, of coming to a true aha moment is when you go from that honesty and you take responsibility. You own your own junk, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And if you're not already tired from two, awareness and truth, (laughs) honesty is the next step after awareness, but, and it's better than awareness, but it's still not enough. So awareness and honesty must happen, but we need to, Go to stage three, which is what, Brian? Yeah, the last A is action. So there's awareness, there's honesty, and then there's action. And if you just stop at A and uh, awareness and, and honesty, you just had an ah moment, which is, you know, it's benefits and good comes from those first two stages, Treva. But I don't know if it's truly enough for effective and lasting change. And whether it's something that's small change or big change to really get this most out of that change, it's really getting to that last A of action. Absolutely. And for me, I think getting through the first two stages, it's almost like a clearing, right? You know, you understand things become a little more in focus and it made it way easier for me to take action uh, based on the two things I just went through. So action means we're accepting the challenge, right? So we're going to bring it on. So awareness asks the question, what's the problem? And honesty asks the question, how bad is it really? And what does action ask the question of brain? It asks, what can I do right now? And I love that because here's the point. And you know when you're ready to take action, when the pain of change is greater than the pain of staying the same. Yeah, can you repeat that line again? Yeah, it's when the pain of change is greater than the pain of staying the same. And when we decide right there, man, something's got to change, you know, you, especially when you get to that honest moment and you accept how bad it is really. And you're like, you know what? I got pain either way. If I stay the same, it's going to be painful. And especially long-term, I'd rather change and have that pain and something good comes out of that. <laughs> you know, and this is the true motivation, Treva, and something that only you and I can do and have and uh, having that motivation. Yeah, but... This is when we could possibly procrastinate, right? And then we end up justifying waiting to take action because we want to put off the pain, like a diet, right? I'll start tomorrow. I'll start on Monday, you know, the beginning of the week, the month, the quarter. We want to prolong the pleasure, just one more donut. (laughs) 
<laughs> just one more TV show. Uh, we want to plan it to perfection. That's another thing that we end up doing that ends up procrastinating everything else. I just need to make it right. So which so of the three, Treva, for you? Which one, which one of those three do you hmm. find like that's your go-to? You know what? My go-to would be I want to make perfection. So I have a tendency to want to perfect something, and I, that's when I know I'm procrastinating doing something. How about you? Um, I would usually say all three, and it really depends <laughs> on the situation. Uh, I'm no respecter of pro procrastination. Um, if it's going to be something with um, dieting with there, then uh, you know it's all out tonight. I'll start tomorrow. Uh, if it's the pain type of thing, is yeah, you know what? I, I really I'm better off starting this workout since you know it's a workout that kind of starts at the beginning of the week. I'll just start next week. And uh, yeah, I'm a perfectionist too, so unfortunately, I I have a potential of procrastinating. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you're talking about working out and I'm talking about food. So we know where our two things, our, our nemesis are lying for nice, us. Nice, nice. <laughs> well, we're so, we're so close, right? But we must do the final A of ah, so the A, and take action. So I know we've got a prodigal son example in here. It's got to be. Yeah, so let's just wrap that up with him. You know, I, I think what's cool about the story is that you, know, you very easily could just, you know, decided – well, there's just too much. I'm too proud. And yeah, I'm honest with things are bad. But for him to be able to say, you know what, I, you know, I'm going to I'm going to move and I'm going to do something about this. So he went back to his father, rehearsed his speech, what he was going to say. And he was honest and he took responsibility. And, you know, he figured, hey, man, I'd rather be a servant and, and do that and, and have a better situation. And it was better action than doing what I was doing. But, you know, it resulted in some serious change and, and he was able to make amends. And I think it's just a, it's a beautiful story. And, you know, nothing else can do the, somebody, nobody else can do this stage for us, Treva. You know, they can make you aware. Um, they can be honest with you, but they cannot do the action for you. And hence why I think so few maybe really have this lasting and effective change. I agree. And remember Alan Meisner's interview in episode uh, 012, he talks about the, these three Ps. He calls patience, persistence, and progression. And I love it because we need to be persistent, but we need to be patient with ourselves in action. And then we're going to get progression, but obviously not for the sake of procrastination. <laughs> yeah, very true. You know, and this could be something you're dealing with, you know, of making some changes about maybe it's your sleep because you're tired and you're even exhausted. And you know, you know, in your heart, it's keeping you from doing your very best work. Maybe it's changing a, a bad habit or an addiction or your nutrition or, you know, starting a fitness program to start to move more. You know, action separates, Treva, the wannabes from the doers. And action separates the amateurs who are willing to make excuses and say, well, I'm doing better than the next person. Comparison, you know, it's separating them from the professionals. You know, the pro is going to see this as, as a chance to improve, to grow, and to get ahead. But, you know, it takes maturity and strength. And I know when I went through this the first time, this process, I fought it because it was tough. Right. And remember to be patient and persistent at the same time. You want to be a doer, not a wannabe. So a pro, not an amateur, right? But it does take persistence with patience. And I think those that are willing to find a true aha will experience lasting and effective change. So you'll have your awareness, your honesty, and your action all together. We believe sleep is foundational to develop an energy edge. It's challenging enough to be productive and creative, especially when you're tired or even exhausted. But what if you had a quick guide to give you a jump start, something to point you in the right direction? That's the exact reason for the sleep guide called Sleep Your Way to the Top, 10 Secrets to Getting Better Sleep. To download your free copy, visit www.energyedgepodcast.com. That was www.energyedgepodcast.com. You can also find the link in the show notes.
Now, back to the podcast. So, Treva, let's make this practical with the aha moment stages. And let's look at some, uh, some case studies. Why don't you do the first one? Awesome. So I just mentioned Alan Meisner. So Alan Meisner of 40 plus fitness and it's episode 012. He had a total aha moment and his awareness was, you know, he was the semi pro volleyball player in his younger years. And he realized when he got a little bit older and he thought he was still okay. And here he was like, you know, a VP of a fortune 500 company and he's playing sand volleyball and he had to sub out of a six man volleyball game. And he realized, man, he needed to do something different since he couldn't do the same gym or have a personal trainer due to his travel schedule. So, you know, he had this ah moment like the, a, you know, the awareness, oh my gosh, something needs to change. And then he got honest with himself and this is, these were his words. This is what he said. I was fat and unhappy. And he said, I had limited energy and realizing the person who got him to this point is not the same person that he is right now. So he had to get really, he had to get really honest with himself. And here's the action part that I love. He, it took him a while to get into the action part, but he was persistent and he was patient. And then he ended up losing 50 pounds in 11 months. So he changed his behavior and now he is so passionate about it after going through seriously these aha moments, he's helping others to do the same and he changed his job and now he has his own business in this. So great aha moment. Yeah. And it's a great case study, you know, and a good example. So um, I think we've got, you've got one, don't you? Um, sure. (laughs) So (laughs) mine is, is my awareness was I couldn't continue the pace I was going. I tried and it was wrecking my body. And so it was just aware I can't keep going. I think my honesty, Trevo, is that I had damaged my body and realizing that I didn't know how to rest and I didn't really know how to how to change that, but I know I needed to. And uh, But yet I didn't take action right away. Just as Alan took seven years, it took me five years. We both uh, apparently rode the slow bus um, unchanged, but um, we both got there. So hopefully there's hope for you guys that are dragging your feet. But uh, my action was, it was working with you. It was going through the food sensitivity test and proper supplementation and ultimately it created the energy cycle. You know, I got out of the exhaustion cycle of always being busy and I can't stop now and beat down. I can't take this and then burnout. I can't keep going, which I lived for decades and moved into the energy cycle, which is rest. I need to stop for now. I need to refuel. I need to put back in. I need to re-engage and go back out in a better way. And I think that was a result of the action item. So let's let's transition right now into our um, just a quick review. So what were the three questions again? Right. So awareness asks the question, "What's the problem?" Honesty asks the question, "How bad is it really?" And action asks the question, "What can I do now?" And kind of going to our next segment here, we're wrapping up. What are two what nows that we could walk away that are really practical from this content? Right. So if you can just remember at the end of our podcast to just take these two steps, they're super simple. One would be what change do you need to make right now in your life? That's it. What change do you need to make? Just one change you need to make in your life right now. And two, take kind of um, like what stages are you in? Take an evaluation of where you're at. Are you in a, an awareness stage? Are you in honesty stage? Or are you in an action stage? Are you going backwards? Are you in action stage, but no honesty and awareness? Just figure out where you're at. Which one of those stages are you in? Well, let's wrap this episode up. Here's a preview of our next episode, 014, where I'll be interviewing Murthu Parikh. And she's a professional personal and business organizer. And we discuss the correlation between being organized and energy or not being organized and losing energy as a result. Here's a clip. 
what do we have for dinner? What do we take care of our kids? Or, you know, uh, how do I make room to exercise? I mean, all of this comes down to some level of control, right? Of organization, of just kind of keeping your life together. And the more that it's disorganized or sort of unproductive, the more overwhelmed you're going to feel, the more stressed out. I'm really looking forward to this episode because this is really personal for me right now. My life is a little bit uh, discombobulated. I moved across the country, so I'm moving my business and myself and my whole life. So um, I know what to do to get organized, but I'm excited to hear some of these things that will remind me what I need to do. Well, thanks for making it to this point in the episode. If this podcast has brought value to you, we encourage you to rate and review or share it with someone else. We value you and your time, and we're going to try and do better next time. Go and get your energy edge on today. Today.